Lee Martin from left back, an inspired run on the far side. A chance here, and a goal! What a tremendous run, and Manchester United have taken the lead, and Lee Martin made a run from left back that was, what, 40, 50 yards, took it on his chest and smashed it with his right foot, and after an hour's play, Manchester United are in front in the cup final. Hello and welcome to another Manchester United podcast. I'm Helen Evans. I'm joined by Maisie. Hi, mate. I'm good. How are you? Well, Sam, doing all good. Sam is leaving us again this week, but it's yes. okay. We can yeah. Dream team's back, though. Power our way through. Yeah, proper dream team. That's the train going past because we are at Old Trafford. Right, today, Lee Martin is on the yes. podcast. Yes, top lad, Snoz. Love mm-hmm. him to bits. Whenever we go away on these trips away, Snoz is always in there. In the banter area. He's a great lad. Why do I call him Snoz? Good question. Probably because of the size of his hooter. He's got the biggest nose ever. So yeah. So mean. It's not mean. It's just called Snoz because he's like Gonzo, isn't it? No. Snoz is great. I'd imagine on these trips that you go on that he's one of the sensible ones. Would that be correct or not? No. No? I've got him all wrong. Snoz and and Beardo, they do like dog in the fog. So you'll be, yeah, be like, Dog in the fog, they just go missing. Oh, right. So, Never heard that phrase. No. So we'll be, you know, just sat around having a few beers and all that. And next minute, Snoz and Beardo have disappeared. So, you know, they're the sneaky ones who just... And then they'll just go venturing around whichever town or city we're in. Hmm. Just having a quiet pint somewhere else. Good times with Lee then. And yeah. most United fans will remember Lee Martin for the famous goal he scored in of the course, FA Cup yeah. final. Yeah, and a lot of people still say... Do you remember that? I remember, yeah, Custody, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and people will always say, you know, that was uh, the goal probably that saved Sir Alex's career. Mm. Whether that's United career, um, whether that's true or not, I'm not quite sure. But, you know, to score to score the winner in an FA Cup final, well, I played in two. But to score the winner in mm. one is, is fantastic. Mm, incredible. I'm looking forward to this one. It'll be a good one. guy. Yep, it will. It will be. Let's get on with it. Here's Lee Martin. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. How are you? Have you I'm very well. Snoz on. Um, yeah, we've said that in our introduction. Did we? Oh, yeah. Sorry, start again. Well, I call him Lee, you call him Snoz, but <laughs> yeah. yes, we have. I've got a couple of names, yeah. <laughs> a few names. Do you listen yeah. to podcasts, firstly, and have you listened to ours? I don't, and I haven't, no. Um, right, well, I So Maisie had to explain what, what it was all about. Snoz, can't believe you don't, you don't listen um, to podcasts. These are the future. I'm too, I'm too busy, Maisie. Podcast. Well, when you're, dri- with, when you're with, driving, with that's a good time. Driving. All right. You should start morning. today on the, the way car. home. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll try that. How are you? I'm very well. Good. How has life been for the last few months? Uh, it's been a bit difficult, really. Uh, obviously, not being at Old Trafford and working and doing all the stuff we normally do and travelling with the club. It's been quite difficult, but uh, yeah, I'm desperate to get back to do something. But when it'll be, we don't know. Um, you know, they play a bit of golf as well, so that's kept me going a little bit. A bit of golf? Um, yeah, I have Mondays off, <laughs> so um, but that's really kept me going. So other than that, yeah, just desperate to get back to do something here around Old Trafford. So it's been quite difficult in that sense. Do you actually play golf nearly every day? Uh, Are you like yeah. Maisie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah do. Who, who's better? Maisie's good. Maisie's better than me. He won't admit to that, but plays off seven. He should be playing off two, which is a really good standard. Hmm. Um, always takes the money when we play in charity days or... Uh, not the charity money, just take the charity money. 
Take what you can now. Uh, you know, like corporate days or charity days always takes the money. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he's not bad. But, uh, to be fair, most we're, of the lads are good close. golfers. We all like playing golf. Mm-hmm. Clayton, myself, Arthur, Frank, they all love the golf. So, when, whenever we can get together, that's uh, it's always quite nice to do. So that. that's been keeping you busy over the last few yeah, months. Yeah, more or less. I bought a bike as well, a ro- proper road bike. So I've been out on that and oh, doing a few miles on that. So mm-hmm. that, that's kept me going mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. How different has your life been without football in it? It's been a nightmare. It's been so <laughs> different. And and you never think it's going to get to this where you're actually not involved with any of it other than, you know, bits of MUTV. Just for it to stop all of a sudden in March was just, we all thought, right, we're going to do three or four weeks of lockdown. Yeah. We're back in April. Everything will be fine. And all of a sudden, you know, we're still, we're still no sign of getting anywhere near the, the you know, the ground or the, the no, football. No, well, we're kind of going back in as well, aren't we? So, yeah, I'm, I suppose until the vaccine is mm-hmm. out um, out in the public and you know, being used, then we're probably not going to get back to mm-hmm. too soon. Have you been well and healthy throughout yeah, the time? Yeah, I've been fine, with, yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know too many people that have had it, to be fair, but, I don't. you know, you tend to stay away from people and do, do, do your little <laughs> That's bit. That's why you're staying away from them all. You, you do your little bit other than your, your close family, so, yeah. Yeah, but it's been fine, thanks, mm-hmm. yeah. How long have you two actually known each other? Um, well, I only know, I only met David um, after David. I finished... <laughs> David, yeah. He's being official. It's a podcast. He's never lost. Uh, this is TV. You've never called me David in, in your whole life. <laughs> this is live TV. <laughs> David. <laughs> oh my right, God. Do, do, does anybody else call you David? No. No, no mum, that's right. it. All right, then. And that's when she's angry. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, right. I met Maisie. Yeah. Uh, we actually met in Norway because we were on a, one of the uh, former players dues. We were playing out there, a bit of golf, and uh, we played a football tournament. I would say probably, was it about 2005, maybe? Probably 15 years, something like that. So, yeah, so probably, yeah, 15 years. And that was a bit of an eye-opener for me. It was an eye-opener that day. Walking in with you and Let's say a bit of an eye-opener. He's a lively sort of character. He's good to have on the trip. I do do remember the actual trip. Yeah, yeah. Can't remember where it was. It was in uh, Floro. Floro, yes. Floro, Floro, yeah. Well, we used to go every year to Floro with the lads to play to play a match against. And it's in the middle of nowhere in Norway, but a uh, beautiful place. And that was your first trip, wasn't it? You were you were a rookie on that one, so yeah. you didn't really know anybody. Yeah. But, uh, that was the long, is that the longest longest tunnel in Europe, is it? Or in one of the, That's in Bergen. The world? Was That's that Bergen? the other place we used to go to. Right. Alessand. No, that, no. I remember actually walking into the, the room, you and Bedo. Scared me for life. <laughs> Seeing Beardo lay on the bed and Snoz lay next to him. Oh. Yeah, imagine it. Obviously, nothing was going on, but you know it was. This not is when a you weird walked. Story. Not when you walked in. Just when I walked in, I thought, "Oh my, what's going on here?" <laughs> yeah, but that was probably the first time I spoke to Beardo since since the Blackburn days. Yeah. So yeah. And ever since then, you've been on. Ever since been since on, I've never looked forward. You've been on everything, haven't you? Every trip. We've, most we've, trips, like we've, yeah. we've probably been on most trips, haven't we, together? Yeah. Round, round the world. It's been great, to be fair. Yeah. So, keeps us all going with his banter. Yeah, it's good. Keeps us all going, indeed. Um, let's talk about you and your childhood to start with. You were born in Hyde. Yes, yeah. What was your childhood like? It was great. It had a really good upbringing. It was a nice place to grow up in Hyde at the time. Um, I lived at the back of um, a big sports field, one of the school fields, and I suppose every night after school, I'd, I'd get get me football and over the fence and onto the field with my mates, and you know, did that all through my childhood. Mum and dad worked hard, and didn't see a massive amount of my dad because he was working all the time. He was engineer, um, and he was always at work. But um, what did yeah. your mum do? 
My mum was a secretary at the school, so mm. the school that I went oh, your to. School? The school I went to, yeah, Ugh, as a young lad. So if there was any any trouble, I'd go and run to my mum and say, you know, they're picking on me again. Can you come and sort it out? <laughs> <laughs> Even when I was 17. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but so it was a really good upbringing and I enjoyed where I lived and it was, you know, it was reasonably close to here in Manchester. And, Always a United fan? Always a United fan, yeah. My dad, uh, my dad brought me to Old Trafford to watch the reserves when I was when I was six, and I've always been since then. We couldn't really afford to come watch the first team, so we said, right, we'll go and watch the reserves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had been sort of like mid seventies, right? You know, seventy four, seventy five, um, and then eventually, as I got a little bit older, ten, eleven, twelve, I started coming with my mates, and we used to go and queue at the back of the Stretford end three hours before kick off you know, raining, sun, snow, whatever it was, we'd pay our two quid on the door and you'd come and stand at the front. Of the, we used to stand at the front of the Stretford end. Three hours before kickoff, we, was, we were stood there and just waiting for the build-up to the game. No Did that for so many years. And then uh, once I got to 12, I was here as a schoolboy. I signed as a schoolboy. So we got a couple of free tickets, which was brilliant then. Mm-hmm. So I could come and sit and have a bit of luxury uh, from how the did, age of 12, did, really, yeah. How did that come about? Um, I was playing for Tameside, which was a local uh, county team um, through school. And I used to go on a Saturday morning to Ashton, um, Ashton Underline mm-hmm. and play with the county team. And I was sub every week. It was just bizarre how it all panned out because um, sub every week, this one game, I turned up and he said, right, you're, you're sub today. Um, so got myself changed on the bench. About 20 minutes before the end of the game, he said, right, you're going on. So I, I was centre forward then. So I went on, scored a hat-trick came off and within a couple of minutes six or seven scouts all came around me and said oh we want you to come for a trial united were there city leeds everton and i thought well, nobody knew nobody had any idea they were there and um because i'd scored the hat trick because i was so lucky but i sat on the bench <laughs> i don't know what i'd have been doing now i'd have been in aldi or somewhere or you know stacking shelves or something center forward though i was center forward and and do you know what never amazing? played center forward before uh I, or was you center I, forward? I played center forward all through me young you know, growing up yeah. as, a, as a young kid, my teenage years and what have you. And every year I'd score 50 goals without fail. Every team I played for, school team, Sunday team, Saturday team, uh, county team, I'd score 50-odd goals every season and get player of the year. And I came to United at 12 and Eric Harrison was was um, like coaching us and Jimmy Curran. And he said, uh, we're not sure about playing you up front. Uh, you know, we've got other other lads at area that are as good or as better than you. Yeah. We'll try you at left back. And um, I played at left back and then that was it then. All through my career, played left back or sometimes right back uh, and never scored. Never, I never really scored after that. It was, it was amazing. From, well, from 16 anyway. No way. Never scored a goal other than the, the obvious ones. Yeah. yeah. So that was his, completely <laughs> his choice to say. Yeah, yeah. It all came from Eric. Eric and Jimmy Curran must have had a little get together and say, right, what, you know, they weren't sure at 16, uh, you know, whether I was going to be good enough to, to, be a professional so there was 32 of us I think at, at 16 came as apprentices 30 32 of the, apprentices 32 of us yeah so 30 of the lads were given two-year apprenticeships and myself and Gary Walsh were given a one-year YTS so they thought well we're not sure whether you're going to be good enough we'll give you a year school boys uh not school boys no sorry this is when we were 16 16 after you know we'd done three or four years school boy Ah, so there's 32 years of school boys and this is to become an apprentice. Yeah, so then yeah. you become an apprentice, you get your apprenticeship. So there was yeah. 32 uh, apprentices. So 30 were given 
two-year apprenticeships. Two of us were given one-year YTS. Oh, no, no. Um, I'll, I'll start again. 32 of you as apprentices. There was 32 lads at 16. Yeah. Okay. As apprentices. Who, who were going to sign on as, as like academy, let's say. So, so you must have been schoolboys then. They all came from the schoolboy ranks, yeah. So there's 32 schoolboys and, and 30 of them got a... Apprenticeships. There was, there was 30 apprentices. There'd have been more schoolboys than that. There'd have been hundreds of schoolboys. But then when once you get to 16, they whittle it down to 32. Yeah. yeah. Same at Blackburn? No, I think there's only about seven apprentices. Only seven? Seven or eight, yeah. No. Yeah, first year and then seven or eight. Oh, no, we had... We had, we had 32? Thir- Did you have 32? We had 32. <laughs> Funny enough. This is what, this is what I can't <laughs> work out. Funny enough, we had 32. You actually had 32. So, so, yeah, so anyway, I was saying... Wow. I was saying 30 of the lads were given. Oh, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Are you weirdo? How many more times do you want to ask? Yeah, it was 32. I know, I can't that's, get my head around there was 32 apprentices. Jesus. It's Man United, maybe. That's massive. Man United, it's not... Google it. It's not Blackburn. <laughs> it's not Accrington right, right, Stanley or Blackburn or Tranmere. It's just Man it. United. <laughs> all right, all right. So anyway, 32... Oh my goodness. 32, 32 <laughs> apprentices. Uh, so we were given a one-year YTS. So uh, we no weren't... Do, so they weren't sure. So... But the only two players that made the first team was Michelle and Walsh. Gary Walsh that we'd been given the year, which was quite ironic, I suppose. Just shows you, you know, how you progress. Was there any others in that 32 that made it? No, no, just myself and Gary Walsh. No, made it other clubs? Um, not from not from our age group, not that you'd know that played at any, any standard. Right. They all went off to play lower league teams or non-league or... So how old are you now, How did what, sorry? How old are you now? Uh, 52 now. 52. Yes. What year was Matt Robbins then? They were were the year after. So Mark and Russell were the year after. So they were part of the 32 the year after. Another 32. Another 32. So that's 64 of us. 64, believe me now. (laughs) All on on the same pitch. That's unbelievable. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard you so shocked. And you you only had seven. Uh, How would you have seven? You can't even get a team together with seven. No, no, seven seven in the first first year apprentices. And it was just, like seven or eight second year. You just played seven aside games. Yeah, yeah. Until you got in the first team. So for a young <laughs> lad who used to come and watch United with his with his friends and come yeah, for three yeah. hours before, what was that moment like for you? Do you remember that moment when you did get your, your YTS for that year? I, I was amazed because I didn't think I was good enough either. I remember saying to me, Dad, I said, I can't believe they've actually, they've taken me on. And he said, right, well, you've got to give it a good go now and, you know, do your best and see where it leads to. But then even at the end of the year, you know, I did the, the first year and then they was said, right. Was it in Diggs? No, I was at home because I was Hyde's only probably 10 miles out right. of the centre of Manchester. Yeah. So I got the training and then the bus. But it was just, yeah, it was, it was amazing to be told that you're going to be signing a professional contract for, for Manchester United, the biggest club in the world. You know, and it's, it's only really when you look back on it now and think, wow, I've actually signed, played for Man United for 12 years and signed that, you know, that first contract. Um, you look back and think, well, that's that's amazing. Because at the time, I suppose you just, as a young lad, you you can't comprehend what's going on. No, it's, no, you know, true. it's difficult. But um, it's only when you look back, I think. What was your life like as an apprentice? It was good. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, I mean, it was tough because Eric Eric Harrison, who was our coach, mm-hmm. was was really tough on us. And you know, if you weren't pulling your weight or doing your jobs or doing what you're supposed to do, then he would come down hard on you. And I suppose that was was a really good upbringing for, for all of us, really, because if he did make the first team, then under Sir Alex, with the same sort of discipline and, you know, toughness on 
on the young lads especially. Yeah. You were used to it a little bit more then than you know being thrown into the, the first team dressing room and not being able to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So I I always thought that was really good for me to be in that dressing room with. A, we had a great group of lads. There were some great players in there. Um, we all got on well together. There was all the wind ups and yeah. you know uh, things that you did as as young lads. Um, but it was good to have Eric. Eric Eric was a brilliant coach. And I've always said that I learned everything off Eric for the first, you know, two years as a as a YTS and apprentice. Learned all me what I what I carried through into the first team and reserves mm-hmm. from from him. He was a brilliant coach, mm-hmm. and it showed that he, you know the lads that he brought through afterwards, you know the Beckhams and the Skulls and Gigs and all that lot, how good they were. And that was down that was through Eric coaching them at a young age and showing them how to do it properly. Mm-hmm. So I I really appreciated that from Eric. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy that that period? Was that when you were probably the most carefree with your football? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I was always very nervous. I mean, even for like eighteen games or B team games, you turn up on a Saturday, and I'd be a bag of nerves. I was fine once I was out there, but I was always a bag of nerves. And mm. you know, it was something that you think you'd get used to as you go along. But I was probably always like I was like that all through my career. Um, you know, nervous before games, and then you know you you'd get out on the pitch on the the old cliff training ground and you'd look up at the window and if the manager was there, then you just sunk because you think, oh my God, he's watching again. It was just horrible, wasn't it? You'll know, Maisie, what it was like. Mm. We used to play reserve games and you'd you'd go to play at Gig Lane at Berry. And you'd think, oh, the manager's not here tonight. We can have a bit of a, we can relax a little bit. And then five minutes before kickoff, the door <laughs> would bash open, a gaffer would walk in. He just, oh, he just sunk. It was just, it was horrible. But then, I don't know, it, you know, it probably made you play a, that, that little extra a mm-hmm. uh, bit better because he was there. You're trying to prove something. What was he like in your first couple of years? Um, what was Sir Alex Ferguson like? Because he was under a lot of pressure at that time. Yeah, well, I was still only a young lad then. I mean, I was only 18 when Sir Alex came. So, the, I mean, the difference, obviously, Ron was, big Ron was manager, Ron Atkinson. Mm-hmm. And Ron was quite relaxed with all the players and the lads would go out drinking and, you know, socialising during the week. As soon as Sir Alex came, you know, that that stopped. That was all going to stop the drinking culture or what have you. That stopped. And it was the same for the young lads. The discipline was there. You had to be, you know, you had to be shaved. Your hair had to be, you know, neat and you were dressed properly because you were representing the club. Um, and you do, you take that, in, you know, through into your life as, yeah. as that discipline you learn from Sir Alex. But it was really tough on us as young lads and, you know, even in reserve games or A team games or U team games, if you weren't performing, he'd come in the dressing room and he'd, he'd you know, he'd tear into you mm-hmm. um, half time in front of all the lads, and you know, you certainly knew about it. But you got you got used to that a little bit. It was never never easy to deal with that, but you got used to how he was. And but he was very loyal to me all through my career. He was brilliant with me, um, and any problems you could, you know, you could go and see him in his office mm-hmm. and sit down if you had any problems. Um, so he, he was great with me, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Who was you close to in the, in the Who team? was I close to? Yeah. Uh, probably Russell. Russell yeah. was a good mate of mine. Russell Beardsmore. Uh, Mark Robbins, who's managing Coventry now, doing well. Uh, Gary Walsh. We were, we were all, the four of us were quite close because we progressed a little bit more than some of the other lads mm. who left left the club. So um, we're still in touch now. We still keep in touch. And we, I see Russell every week at the at the games. I haven't seen Mark for a while because he's managing, but um, and Walsh, he's goalkeeping coach somewhere. Mm. Um, he was at Phil. I think he's at, I no, think he might be that. at Middlesbrough or, or, or somewhere now. But um, they're all good lads, all local lads as well. And, we, you know, we've kept in touch ever since. Were you aware of the label of 
Fergie's fledglings at the time? Um, you started to break through. Yeah, we did. You know, it was in the newspapers, obviously, but uh, a bit embarrassing, really, because I don't think any of us were, you know, could lace half of their boots. You know, Busby mm. Babes. It was supposed to have been born from, but um, you know, they they were unbelievable, talented players. We, from my point of view, I always thought, you know, I was I was lucky to be there, not good enough to be there all the time. I was at United, so to be labelled that Fergie's fledglings was, you know, was was quite a nice compliment, really. But even so, I mean, you know, there was probably seven or eight of us that came through and played games. Not many of us played more than five or six or ten games, maybe. Um, and then others, you know, that group of players drifted away at, at different mm. points. So, but it was nice at the time, yeah. It was really mm. nice. What was it like with it when, with all the pressure of the gaffer, he'd come to the club and the first two or three years he'd not won anything? Could you feel the, the tension and the pressure that he was under? The pressure was, yeah. Um, not, not really. Like I said, I was I was still quite a young lad then. I mean, you know, even the three and a half years when it, it got to the cup final when he hadn't won anything. Yeah. You know, I was still only 20, 21, nearly 22. Um, and I suppose as a young lad, you don't really see what goes on in the backgrounds. Mm. But you knew what you knew. He was under a bit of pressure because he hadn't won anything. Yeah. But um, I think the board, we knew the board had faith in him. It was all, it, I suppose it all depended on how, how much time they were they wanted to give him mm. and how much time after that they were willing to give him to build that side that you could see was being built. And we could see all that. We could see the players that he brought in, you know, mm-hmm. Paul Ince, Mark Hughes, he brought in Bruce and Pallister, D- Dennis came to the club and, you know, all, all some real top players came and you could see what he was building. It was, I suppose it was just a matter of whether the board were going to give him that extra time. Mm-hmm. And three and a half years nowadays, it, you know, you he wouldn't have lasted it, three and a half years. No. He just wouldn't have got that. He'd have got two years probably maximum and then he'd have been gone. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, brilliant from the board that they mm-hmm. did keep him on for that, that mm-hmm. length of, extra length of time. And, you know, what he went on to achieve at the club is, is remarkable, mm. you know. Can you, um, can you remember your debut? Yeah, um, it was QPR at home here. Um, first game of the season. Not against Wimbledon, no? That was, I came off the bench for that one. Yeah. Uh, that, oh, was, right, that, okay. that was my debut. Full debut. Yeah, my yeah. full debut. I, I, the Wimbledon game was, it was, I think it was second last game of the season and um, I was on the bench and about five minutes before the end of the game, the gaffer said, right, go and get warmed up. And I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm going on here. <laughs> oh my God. And it was Wimbledon. It was a crazy gang. You're thinking, yeah. oh, don't go near anyone. Just stay out of the way. <laughs> anyway, I remember going on and I remember dribbling with the ball and I had no idea what I was doing or where I was going. And I must have done all right for five minutes, but the one thing that stands out, yeah, I know, the one thing that stands out was like, I was on 50 quid then. So the first game was on 50 quid. The bonus that was for that wage. night, the, yeah, the yeah. bonus for that night was 900 quid, but you had to get on the pitch. Right. So I'm going on thinking, oh, 900 quid. quid. I've never seen 900 quid. <laughs> so I went on for, the, for, for that game. So I got me 50 quid. I got 900 quid for, for the bonus. Yeah. The next game was against, I think it was Millwall. It was here again. It was the last last game of the season. Gaffer said, right, you're on the bench again. I thought, oh, hell. But because we were on a running se- a sequence of wins, that bonus went up to a grand for the next game. So I'm thinking, oh, put, you've got to put me on. Put me on. So anyway, same thing, five minutes before uh, final whistle. Get changed, Lee, you're going on. So same thing, five minutes, it went on. So we won, I think we won 2-1. We won both games. Um, so... I got me, I got 1,900 quid bonus plus me 50 quid and it was a summer. So I was going into the summer as a first team player with, with nearly two grand in my pocket. Yeah. I've never seen, I've never seen two grand. Yeah, brilliant. So I thought I've made it here. I've made it. That's it. 
Brilliant. Life can't get any better. What was that summer like for you then? Uh, the anticipation of going back a, the next season? I was I can't remember. Can I think you? I booked a flight to Ibiza <laughs> <laughs> next day. Off you go. I had a brilliant summer. And then I thought, right, well, halfway through it, I thought, right, well, if I'm first team, you know, I'm around the first team squad now, I've got to get myself fit before I go mm -hmm. back. So I did. I remember doing a lot of running and up the hills where I lived and, you know, three or four weeks before we came back for pre-season. But people didn't do that then. People just turned up. They'd have mm -hmm. a, a good summer drinking and eating, yeah. turn up a stone overweight, and then they'd run it off for, for three or four weeks and yeah. uh, back to back to fitness. Were you a good pre-season trainer? I was really good. Yeah, I was. I was. I was really good at pre-season until I went to Celtic and broke my leg and broke my arm, and then I started to struggle a bit. Probably age as well on top of that. But I was. Yeah, I could run all day as a young lad and keep up with all the the, the young lads that were coming in and. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed, well, I wouldn't say enjoy I wouldn't say enjoyed pre-season. I, I didn't dislike it. it. It wasn't pleasant at the time because you ran and ran yeah. and ran until you, you, know, you, you were dropping. But um, I, I, didn't, I wouldn't say I'd, I didn't enjoy it. It just, um, you know, it wasn't a fun three weeks, I'd mm. say. But, um, but it was okay. What, yeah, what, was your, what was your full, full debut like then? So my full debut was QPR here, you know, obviously. Did you know? I knew the night before I was playing because right. I'd been on pre-season to Norway I think we played six or seven games in pre-season and I again I just thought I was going to carry the skip and you know make sure his boots were where, yeah. where they should have been anyway I think Kevin Moran and Arthur. I think Big Paul got injured on the trip and um, Gaffer said right you, you, you're playing so I played I think I played three or four games in Norway centre played at centre half and we got back and I think we played a couple of games back here that I didn't start in. And then uh, the day before the first game of the season, QPR, the gaffer called me up to his office and I thought, oh, I've done something wrong here. I'm going to get right rollicking or something. <laughs> anyway, he sat me down. He said, you're starting tomorrow. I said, what? He said, you're starting tomorrow. And I just couldn't believe it. I was on the bus then. So ran to the bus stop, yeah. on the bus, train home to Hyde, virtually ran all the way home to tell my mum and dad I was playing. Um, didn't sleep all that night. It was just a bag <laughs> of nerves and... But it was just amazing to come down the tunnel, play your debut. It was a, a lovely hot day. Uh, we drew one all, and I must have done all right. I don't think I did anything startling. But I must have you done played against? I, I don't Some know. Falls, yeah. I, I don't know. I'd have to go back. It was in your team then. Well, it was um, it was Jim Layton, Bruce Pallister. I think Mickey Phelan played. Uh, I was left back because I think Arthur had played his last game the season before, so right. I was in at left back. Sparky was there. Robbo. Robbo. Uh, he signed Webby. I don't think he'd signed Webby then. Inter. I'm not sure if he'd signed Inter either. I'd have to have a look at that right, team. Okay. That's, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'd what, have to have what, a look what was, at it. What, do you know, can you remember your, your time in the dressing room just before actually walking out? Nervous? Uh, you said earlier on. I, I, yeah, I remember getting a newspaper because we'd do like, um, we'd get there at 12 o'clock, have yeah. something to eat and then. What was your pre-match? I always had chicken and beans. <laughs> chicken and beans, yeah. You're supposed to be, though, earlier on. You had steak and chips. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. a tomato. And a prawn cocktail, probably, before. <laughs> to be fair, Ron, when Ron was manager, Ron let you have what you want. You could have steak and chips. Yeah. You could have prong and a pudding. You could have what you want, as long as you performed on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Ron wasn't Don't bothered. No. But they all did. All the lads did. They all played yeah. and were brilliant. Yeah. What, um, what form of chicken did you have? Just curious. It was like a boiled chicken. Oh. A nice... 
I'm just pale, curious. A nice pale boiled oh, chicken. Well, well, I didn't know that it was like fried chicken, uh, yeah. chicken and breadcrumbs, many yeah. forms of chicken. chicken no, 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 it was, I mean, Sir Alex. <laughs> boiled chicken boiled and chicken. beans. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, Sir Alex was quite keen on the, the diet and dietitian yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. So, but it had to be boiled, yeah. Um, so I had boiled chicken and beans. Boiled and then beans. you'd go in, you'd go and read the papers in the players lounge for an hour and then you'd go into the dressing room an hour an hour and a half before kickoff and he'd tell you the team and and where you were playing and tactics and all that and then from sort of like quarter to two to half past two you know you'd you'd have your time yeah. getting yourself ready so I got myself a newspaper and I went and sat in the toilet for three quarters of an hour Did you? just out of the way of everybody I just I, I thought oh, I can't handle this so I've just got a Sat on, sat on the toilet, read the paper for three quarters of an hour, went back in. Was nobody wondering room. where you were? Uh, yeah, they must have thought I was out warm. They must, I think they thought I was warming up. A good professional. He's a good, he's a good pro. <laughs> he's a good pro, yeah. But uh, And then half past two, everybody would go out to warm up. So then I turned up at half two with my boots on and stuff. Off you go, yeah, so everything's fine. Um, but it, I was so nervous, yeah. But um, you, a lot, you know, you look at the team that lads you're going out with, and Pally was there, yeah. and Robbo, and you think, oh, you know, you, you try, yeah, they'll look after me. You try, and you try and think to yourself, right, well, this, I'm doing, I'm going to enjoy this because I'm playing football and I'm, I'm at United. I've got to try and enjoy mm. it, um, and it's difficult to do that. You'll know, you'll know, yeah. what it's like it's difficult to do it, but you know, there's no better feeling when you actually come off the field and you've done all right, or you've won, and you know, it's, it's a great. Mum and dad were there, yeah, yeah. Um, How many tickets did you have then? I think we were only allowed two. All right. Two tickets, yeah. It's it's a bit different now where you probably get, I don't know, 20, 30 tickets. No, I think you still get two. Do they? Okay, so yeah, two tickets, but that was all right. That must have been a really proud thing, though, for your mum and dad as well, watching yeah. you. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, mum and dad. Did you give them a wave while you were warming up? Anywhere, no. No? No, I, I don't think I knew. But my dad was a bag of nerves. My dad was worse because my dad smoked and... I think my mum said my, my dad went through about 60 fags in, in one game. I thought, yeah, well, you know, that's how, that's how nervous he was. But, uh, how quickly, I know you're going back maybe a couple of years now, but how quickly did you settle into that left-back position? Like, were there times when you thought, I just want to go up front and score a few goals? Did it come no, naturally no, no, to not, you? No, not really. I mean, I was just happy to be playing. I was delighted to be playing because, like I said before, I never thought I was really good enough to play in the first team for United and... The fact that I was in there playing left back and I was, you know, playing so many games, I got, you know, you, you have a run of games, you think, right, well, I'm actually doing all right here. And um, so, yeah, so from that point of view, I felt it was brilliant to be in the team and be playing with the likes of Robson and, mm. you know, Bruce and Palace and all that lot. So I, I was, um, I was, I felt I was privileged to be in there more than thinking, well, you know, I want to go and play in a different position or I'm not happy with this. So, you know, I was always, I was always happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you learned a lot from watching Arthur Albiston, who you then went on to, to take over. Yeah, I mean, Arthur was brilliant. I mean, Arthur, you know, 500-odd games, I think, mm-hmm. Arthur played, or 490-something. Mm. Um, a great role model. He was a great professional, Arthur. Always worked hard. Um, and I've got to know Arthur over the years through yeah. the, the former players, um, through the games we've gone playing. And he's, you know, he's a great character um, and had a great career for the club. So it was nice for me to go and, you know, uh, succeed Arthur. Mm-hmm. After that, so it was brilliant, really. Yeah. Did Robbo ever look after you on the pitch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You always knew. You always knew. If somebody came through me, tackled me. You could count. You could count a minute, and then the next chance that Robbo got tackled, he'd be straight through him, and he'd probably he'd probably say to him, "Right, that was for 
that was that tackle on on Lee a few minutes ago, <laughs> and he was brilliant like that. You knew you could, you could actually you could set your clock and time it. Brilliant, but you saw it on different you know areas of the pitch. I mean, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't have stayed on the pitch nowadays. No, he'd have been off. You know, he'd have been off in most games. To be fair. But uh, then he's not the only one either, you know, Norman and Paul. And yeah. we had some hard lads. Remy Moses, mm. who was in the team when I was growing up, was was a hard lad on the field. And, you know, in today's game, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have lasted, they wouldn't have lasted half a season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you did get into the first team and you were more of a regular, did you settle in quite quickly? I know you said you were quite nervous, but... yeah. Um, did, did those nerves ever go away or not, were they not really no the, the nerves didn't really go away I mean I, I tended to have the same routine which you probably need a routine was that, that sitting in the toilet for 45 minutes in the minutes? toilet with a paper yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I had to have that same routine every game otherwise I'd have probably cracked up you know I, I don't know I just up. yeah yeah I just didn't uh, it just didn't sit nice with me you know being in the dressing room and having all that banter before the game and me being so nervous I just I just wanted to get out of the way of everything it was funny because when I was told it was Norman Davis was the old kit man and Norman said um, the managers told me that you're going in the first team dressing room I was in the reserve team dressing room in, in the training ground and um, Norman came in picked my clothes up off my peg and said the manager said you're going in the first team dressing room and I said I said no I'm alright you know I'm fine I said I'm all right, leave me, Norman. He said, no, the manager's said. So I had to go in the first team dressing room and I, had to, I sat next to Pally. And Pally was brilliant with me. But for me to go and do that and sit next to Robbo and Mark Hughes and Paul Ince and all those top players was quite daunting, really. And I struggled with that for probably six months. But then as, you, you know, as you're in there every day, you get, you get used to the lads yeah. and you get used to the banter and you join yeah. in with it all. And, and I was fine after a bit, about six months. But the first, the first few months, I, I was terrified and I thought... I can't do this. Do can't do it. But it's you know, strange, you, it? you've just got to you've just got to get your head down and yeah. you, you, you get on with it. And eventually, you know, things turned out all right. But um, yeah, the nerves never really went from from no. the playing side of it. Mm-hmm. Even now, when we go to Norway, I have to go and sit in the toilet. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I have to get on mate's way. <laughs> <laughs> that's just because you can't handle his banter it's annoying after that's a while that, that might be what it is <laughs> <laughs> you said things started to go well you were the first winner of the Jimmy Murphy yes. award first yeah. name yeah. on the trophy yeah yeah that was that was really nice I think that was 89 so I got the young player uh, young player of the year mm-hmm. which was Jimmy Murphy yeah and I've been back to Carrington um, a couple of years ago to meet his family and um, we had as many of the winners as we could. I mean, you know, people on there like Giggs and Skulls and Nevilles, mm-hmm. and they've they've all won it. And to be on that list at the, at the beginning First. of all that list of players that have come through the system, I feel quite proud of that. Yeah, really, of privilege. Course. Yeah, so Absolutely. it was really nice. Yeah, um, I've still got the. It was like a silver plate that I got. I've still got that, um, and that still gets looked after. So that's really nice to to look at. That. I actually have... forgot about that, but that yeah, that's that's great. Did you have? player awards back then they used to do um barclays player of the month for the it was the old was it i think it was the old first division then i'm not sorry sure. i mean was, player of the season award oh, sorry. player of the season yeah they did all, yeah they did all that player of the season yeah, yeah. um so that's where you were awarded that so that's where i got yeah. the jimmy murphy um, yeah. award for that season yeah um but they did yeah they did first team as well and they did yeah, reserves yeah. and youth team and mm-hmm. you know going down all the all the different yeah. teams so mm-hmm. Yeah, so you had an idea if you were doing okay if you'd been voted, you know, player of the year. So, is it true as well that after all the home games, you get on the bus and you go on with all the fans? On the train, yeah. I did it once. 
Right. Not every game. I did it no. once because my car had broke down. I, uh, I, my first car was an Escort Mark II. And um, I had nice. to park it on a hill because I had to, I had to bump start in the morning. So I had to, I had to jump, I had to push it down the hill, jump in it, bump start it, and then if it didn't start, I'd get on the train. So I'd, I'd run to the train. That's quite a risk. That's quite a risk every day. I know, yeah, yeah. So I'd run to and and I, I think I was probably in the reserves and just in the first team then. But I'd have to. It was an old brown Escort Mark II. It was brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> and you'd see me. It was like cool running, running down the street with this car, and I'd jump in. <laughs> Try and bump start it. I got a bit of an expert at that in the end. It was, I was quite good at it. But then the odd morning, it wouldn't start. And I thought, oh, I've got to go and get the train. I'm going to be late. I've got to go and get the train. So I'd go and get on the train into Piccadilly on the bus. And um, I think it was a midweek game where I had to get, I ended up getting the bus. Tried to do the car, wouldn't start. We were supposed to be in training in the morning. And um, my, my car obviously wouldn't start. So I rang Archie. I said, I'm not going to be in. I'm not going to make it in the next hour or so. Archie Knox assistant. Yeah. So he said, right, well, okay, just stay at home. He said, just come for the game uh, later, turn up at five o'clock for report for the game for pre-match pre meal. So I turned up, so I was on the bus. So training to, into Piccadilly on the bus. Uh, and there weren't many people on it then, uh, you know, at five yeah. o'clock. Out to, on the bus to Old Trafford. And then after the game, I had my, bag, I had my boots in a Tesco bag. <laughs> on me in my hand, walked up to the top of um, the street where Loose Chippy is got on the bus there into Piccadilly and all the fans were on it. And that was about an hour after, after full time whistle. Yeah. On the, on the bus into Piccadilly, walked down to the train station on the train. Did you, win, to, did you I, win the game? I think we won the game. Yeah. And a few, a few of the people who would recognize me on the bus would say, Oh, you did all right tonight. Well, you know, well done. And I sat on the train going home and I got cramp. I sat on the train. I, I got cramp. I sat on the, just sat there on the legs and it was full. And I just jumped up oh, off the no train. Way. I've got cramp. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that wouldn't happen now. You know, these, even these no. lads, the youth team players, they've all got nice cars and it, that, that would just wouldn't happen. So, no. yeah, That's experiences. Yeah. How nice was it for you being a local lad and not having to, you know, move in with another family? And because it could yeah. be quite daunting. Did yeah. that help you, uh, you know, Settle, I suppose, I in your think, time here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, the rest of the lads were all in in digs in in houses around the the, the cliff training ground, and I always thought to myself, oh, it would be nice to be in the digs with the lads and you know be involved Have a bit crack, more with the yeah. lads and having the crack and all that. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed being at home and I enjoyed going home after after training. I mean, most of the time after training, it was probably five six o'clock when you were, when you were leaving, and then. You know, it was like it was like having a proper job for for a few years, <laughs> but um, but I did. I enjoyed being at home, and it was nice to be a local lad mm -hmm. um, coming through the system and and being part of it all. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I think it probably did help me a little bit. Not probably not being involved with them and get, getting involved in all yeah. the shenanigans. Yeah, so. yeah. Obviously, the very famous goal, which I'm sure. Do you ever get sick talking about the, the no, famous never, goal? No, well, that's good. Never. Then that's I good mean, for us. Because it's still the one that's good. Uh, which one are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the one against West Ham. <laughs> of course, the famous FA Cup goal. What are your memories of that time? Talk us through the goal. I've got some great memories. I mean, it's a massive part of my life. And, you know, it's 30 yeah. years ago now, but um, we'd had a really good cup run. Um, you know, we, I think we played every game away from home, which was, was yeah. unique. I don't think it's been done since. You know, we played we played some tough tough games as well. We played Oldham in the semi-finals after a replay at, at main, the old main road. And then we got ourselves to Wembley. And obviously, you know, the people were saying the manager was under a bit of pressure and you've got to win this cup for him to, to keep his job and all that. 
Um, and a lot of people went back to the, the Forest. We played Notts Forest in the third round and Matt Robbins yeah. obviously scored the goal and people were saying that, you know, if, we'd, if, we don't, if we hadn't won that game, he'd have gone that night. So you think, well, maybe he is reasonably close to to being sacked. But I think in my mind, I never really thought that. But um, we obviously, we got ourselves to Wembley. I had a good idea that I was did, going to be did playing. Did you play in that game, the, the Forest game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I actually won the ball on the touchline. Um, oh, so and yeah. I passed it to Sparky and he knocked it in and I followed, I followed carried on running um, into the box and Mark headed it and the keeper just about missed it if the keeper had got his hand to it and parried it out I was there to score sniffer so that could have so that hey. could have been me as well so it could have been you know it could have been two goals yeah but yeah we got ourselves to Wembley and I had a good idea that I was going to be playing because I'd played I think I'd played every I think yeah. I missed one game that season and the actual feeling after the semi-final knowing that you're going to be playing in an FA Cup final. I remember speaking to Mark Robbins in the bath saying, going to be playing in a Cup final, and we just couldn't mm. believe it. You know, us lads from Hyde and Oldham yeah. and playing in a Cup final, what's going on here? Was that the trophy for you growing up? Oh, it was It was massive, yeah, because yeah, it was the biggest game in the world back then. You know, 30 mm -hmm. years ago, we all grew up with it. We all watched it from 7 o'clock in the morning. You get your duvet downstairs and you'd watch them having the breakfast in the hotel and on the bus, and it was all that, and... You know, you, you whoever scored the goal, you you went on the field after, and you wanted to be that player. But the build-up to it, I mean, the same thing. I was a bag of nerves before the three or four days. When did, you ever, did you have a Wembley song? We did, yeah, yeah. It was called "We Will Stand Together." Ninety-six. Poignant. Poignant. What? Yeah. 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 I think ninety-six. Wasn't thirty-two, was it? I think it was four non-blondes with ninety-seven, and we with ninety-six. So we, we were in front beat of them. them but we beat them, yeah. But uh, yeah, so in the charts as well. Charts, yeah. a bit of chart success. Oh yeah, <laughs> love it. Um, but yeah, the, the probably three or four days build up going down to London, staying in the hotel. I was terrified because you think, well, there's going to be so many millions of people watching this game all around the world. And I think there was something like 300 million people watch the game live yeah. around the world. And you, you know, when you, when you actually think about that, yeah, you can't really take you that think, in, oh, can you? God. How many people it is? You know, I've got, I don't want to let myself down. I've got to perform. I've got for the gaffer and for my family and everybody else, the fans, but you want to win the game as well. So the, the Saturday game was, was three all was, was, was a brilliant game. And I remember, Mark, you saying to me in the warm-up, he said, um, make sure you enjoy this experience because you might never come back again. Mm. Um, and and they, they were they were brilliant. Words. Great, yeah, so, it was, they were great words for me then. Um, and the, the ball came to me from the first touch and I just thought, right, what well, I'm going to yeah. ping, I'm going to try and ping it. I'm right-footed, so I thought I'm going to ping it with my left foot and I pinged the ball with my left foot into the far corner, about 70 yards, right into Brian McClare's path. And I thought, oh, easy this. <laughs> Cracked it, yeah, I'm all right. What? And I was fine after that, you know. Yeah. If I'd give it away or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, what have you, then I might have been different. But Do you know what, Snows? I remember TC saying to me about 18 months after the FA Cup final against uh, Liverpool, my first touch, our folly to Giggsy. Yeah, yeah. And it was like... Straight to him. Straight to him. And same thing. And, and TC said exactly the same thing there. I knew you'd be all right after that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's if, amazing, isn't it? Because if I had given it away, I'd have probably yeah. thought, oh, yeah. next touch has got to be right and I'd have been a bag of nerves then. Because I pinged that ball right into his path, I thought, 
that's not bad. That's actually yeah. not a bad ball, that. <laughs> How have you managed that? <laughs> and I was fine after that. And I played quite well in the first game. And obviously, three all, it was a cracking, cracking cup final. It was probably one of, you know, they still show it on, What's your thoughts? on all the classics. As the goals were going in. As the goals were going in, I mean, we were, I think we went 2 1 two up. One. And then Ian Wright came on. Three and two we, down, we thought, oh, you know, he's going to cause us problems. We were surprised he hadn't started the game because he was their danger man. Mm. He came on and scored scored two, like, straight away, really. So we were 3-2 down. But his second goal, he came down the left-hand side, came inside Gary Pallister. Yeah. And I thought he was going to square it to where uh, John Salarco was making a run in. And I was about five yards behind him. And I thought, oh, if he squares this ball... And Salako side foots it in. I'm in the biggest load of trouble. <laughs> anyway, right, he just slotted it in. And I thought, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> Even though we're 3-2 down. Um, but then obviously Sparky came up with a, an equaliser yeah. uh, about eight minutes before uh, before time. And uh, got us a replay. But um, it was a great game to be involved with. That. Mm. I, I really loved playing that game. And then we went to the, re- you know, we came to the replay. We came back to Manchester on the, the Sunday. And then went back on the train on the, the the Wednesday for the Thursday night game, and the I'd had a bit of problems with cramp. You know, every game I'd had a bit of problems with cramp. Even the league games, last five or six minutes, I'd get a little bit of cramp. And um, I remember training on a Wednesday evening down in London. And the manager said to me, pulled me to one side, and he said, "Are you going to be all right tomorrow with your, your cramp and all that?" And I went, "Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm going to be fi- no no problem whatsoever. I'll be fine." <laughs> me, I didn't and get cramped. Yeah, I was never going to say no. You know, it's a cup final. There's probably a daft question uh, to ask me that. So I said, "Yeah, I'm going to be fine. Don't don't worry." So I was, I think I was sixty to one to score. Um, goalkeepers are only fifty to one. <laughs> so, so really, gave they me didn't me, know about your past. Really, really gave Sent me no forward, chance. Yeah. Gave me no chance. But uh, the game went along and. First half was a bit of a non-event. It was probably one of the worst cup finals you, you've ever seen. They were just trying to kick us, and mm. managers just said at halftime, "Just keep going. You'll, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll get chances at some point in the game." Do you remember his team talk before the game? I can't. Not, not really. No, no. no. It was generally all the same. Always the same. You, you, you were told where you were, had to be on set pieces because he changed the goalkeepers around as well. He changed the it? goalkeepers. Yeah, uh, Les Seeley came in for Jim Layton. What did you think of that? It was a bit of a shock to be fair because Les was on loan from Luton. He came on a month's loan from Luton. And um, I, I thought Jim had had a reasonably good season. It, just mm. a couple of performances before the, the actual final. And then obviously the first game, he'd struggled a bit with a few of the crosses. And uh, it was a massive decision for the manager to make. Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of the first big decisions he made. And he told Jim um, on the Wednesday night that he wasn't going to be playing. Les, we went in for a team meeting and he said the, the team is... Uh, number one, Seely. We all right. like, we all took a bit of a deep breath and thought, yeah. "Wow!" And we looked round, and Jim wasn't there. So, so that was a that was a bit of a shock. But um, to be fair to Les, you know, he was brilliant in the in the game. Mm. Um, kept us in it a couple of times late on, and then had a good had a good couple of seasons after yeah. that. But um, yeah, that was that was a real shock for everybody yeah. uh, to change change the team at that sort of like late stage, last game of the season. But like I said, I was. Come on then, talk us through it. I was 60 to 1 to score, no chance. Um, so we were about 10 minutes into the second half and Archie Knox was assistant manager on the, the touchline. I was about 30 yards away from the touchline and he just shouted for me to get forward. So I thought, oh, I was I was shattered as well. <laughs> had a long season. I thought, oh, I've got to make the run. So I made the run 70, 80 yards into the box. Mark Hughes had made a run Is across. this the same 
So he's telling you to get forward. Tell me to get forward. Otherwise you'd have stayed. I'd have probably stayed, yeah. Yeah, if you hadn't shouted, I'd probably thought, no, right. just, just defend, you're yeah. here to defend, you know, do your job. But he, I'd heard the shout of get forward. So I made the run 70, 80 yards. Mark Hughes made a run across the box to take a couple of players away. And Neil Webb played the probably best ball he ever played right into my chest on the edge of the box and I chested it down. And just as I'm about to hit it, I got cramped in my calf. 60, I think it was only 60 minutes gone. So I thought, oh, Jesus. So I thought, this is all in a split second, by the way. This is all in a split second, in a few seconds. So I can feel the cramp coming on. So I thought, just get your foot on the ball. So I managed to just stretch my foot out, got my foot on the ball and it flew in the top corner. I mean, you wouldn't believe the strike. I was so lucky. Uh, normally, if I'd have been fit, yeah. it'd have gone into the stand somewhere. But it flew in the top corner. I'm thinking, Jesus, that's gone in that. And all the lads just came over. Robbo jumped on top of me. Sparky was on. All the, all the lads were just on top of me. And um, I'm, I'm saying to Robbo, I said, you're going to have to get off me. I've got cramp here. I was in absolute agony. Honestly, I was in agony. And Robbo slapping me face, thought I was concussed. And yeah, you're going to have to get off me, lads. Anyway, Robbo pulled me up and you could see him having a little talk to me and saying, you know, keep going. You'll be, you'll be all right. We'll, we'll, we'll keep we'll an eye on to, you. Yeah. And uh, I was rubbish after that. I, I could hardly run and I got away with it because they played a few balls in over my head. Um, I think Wrighty was playing. He must have, he must have noticed. He yeah. must have noticed that I was struggling. A few balls over my head and, and Les, Les made a few really good saves and Robbo made a couple of good tackles in the left back area where I should have been. And um, I was thinking to myself, because I was seeing players warming up on the touchline, I was thinking, oh, you know, if I scored the winning goal in a cup final, I can't, I'm not going off, please don't take me off. Anyway, I managed to get away with it and he kept me on the pitch. And I think Robbo, Robbo had a chance late on with a header, hit the bar and I'm thinking, oh, don't go in, please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hit the bar and came out and the final whistle. Is that what you was a, thinking? Uh, thinking now. No, yeah. no, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think I was thinking at the time, but thinking no. now when I've seen it, oh, yeah. I'm glad that didn't go in. But uh, when the final whistle went, the lads, all the lads just ran on. Russell was on the bench yeah. and Viv and they all came and ran on and had their arms around us. And it was brilliant. The manager, you know, put his arm around us and said, well done and all oh, that. And then we were all thrown in the bath afterwards. The manager with his watch on and his phone and everybody was thrown in the bath. And it was just brilliant. It was brilliant occasion that you look back on and think, what a great time. Mm -hmm. But the buzz of actually winning the FA Cup final was, mm -hmm. was the best thing he ever did. Scoring the not winner. So much, not, not so much scoring the winner because no? I, would, I never thought I was going to score the winning goal. No, no, I don't think but anyone But to actually did. win a cup final and lift the trophy and yeah. be part of all that. And you've done it, you, you know what it's like, you've done it. Um, so it's just amazing, absolutely amazing. To score the winning goal was was special. And a couple of my mates said I'd had a bet on me. Uh, they'd I was had just going to say, did anybody they, they, actually yeah, do Yeah, they'd had a fiver on me all the way through from the Forest game. They, they said, well, we know, we know you're not going to score, but we'll put a bit, a bit of, you know, a fiver on you. And we got to the final and they said, right, we definitely know you're not going to score. Oh, we're going to no. put a tenner on you. We're going to put, no, they said, yeah. we're going to put, so they doubled the money. We'll put, <laughs> we're going to put a tenner on you, 60 to one. So they made more money out of the game than I did. 600 quid. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. But, uh, great. It was, it was a great time in my life and I never really get fed up of talking about that because it's, uh, it was just so special. And it was Alex's first trophy as well. Um, you know, it was probably- a, You still got the medal. I've still got the medal, yeah. So the medal comes to the game with me yeah. every every match day and I show it round to all the kids and, you know, people enjoy people enjoy seeing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You know, it gets thrown about and it gets dropped in people's dinners and, <laughs> you know, it's it's just one of those things. But it's nice for people to actually see what an FA Cup medal's like. Yeah. yeah. You obviously yeah. know what they're like. They're actually quite heavy for what they yeah, are, they aren't they? Yeah. You know, solid gold, so. Yeah. Do you like to keep memorabilia? 
Um, not really. No, I mean that's the only thing that I do really yeah, not carry around anything. and show people. I've got shirts up in a loft that uh, I wore in the past, but uh, not too many. Mm-hmm. You know, players didn't really swap shirts so much then. I think nowadays yeah, yeah, yeah. they have so many shirts in there. Yeah in the snooker room or whatever it was. And uh, we didn't really do it then. We got the odd the odd one or two shirts from mm-hmm. maybe playing for England or some of the Euro- European games we played in mm-hmm. with United. So, How did you keep yourself? Because obviously that was a massive high to end the season. Yeah. Then you're going into the summer. What, yeah. what was the next season like for you? Uh, the next season was, was really difficult because we, we went on pre-season to Ireland um, and I was having a bit of a problem with my back. And I twisted in one game. We were in Waterford, I remember it. Um, and I twisted round to go and chase somebody. My back just went. And I was like, you know, it just stiffened up and um, spasmed. And I came off and Jim McGregor was a physio. And he said, right, well, we'll fly you home. Go and get some treatment on your back. The rest of the lads carried on with the tour. And I came back. And I struggled for a few months with, with my back then. And I missed the charity shield. I missed the first few games. But the managers always said to me, like, once you fit, you know, you'll go back in. Um, and in the meantime, um, the manager called me up to his office and said, right, we're going to sign somebody just as cover for you. Uh, once you fit again, you'll go back in. And it was Dennis. <laughs> so, that was good cover. Mr. Consistency. <laughs> yeah. Great cover. Said, yeah, brilliant. But I mean, Dennis, what a player wow. Dennis turned out to be for the club. Great lad as well. Absolutely fantastic career at the club. And, mm. you know, I'm... I'm I'm glad it, it it happened like that, you know, that somebody like Dennis came in and, you know, t- took over from where mm-hmm. I left off. So so you had that back problem on that tour, you came back and then yeah. what happened after that? Um, I was in and out a little bit of the team then because obviously Dennis was so consistent, didn't really mm-hmm. miss games. I came into the team now and again and I think the rule back then was we, we were obviously back in Europe, um, it, but it was a four foreigners rule. So, yeah. you know, we um, because I was English as well, um, he wanted me in the in the squad and in the team for the European games as well. Um, so I was in and out of the team, the first team for the league games, and I played most of the European games mm-hmm. uh, for the next couple of seasons. But it was difficult because I was in and out and I wasn't playing regular, which which what I think every footballer, footballer you, want you, want, you want to be playing. Yeah. It is difficult when you're not playing and you know sometimes you you get injured and you're in the physio room for for a month or two on end you're not having that interaction with the players or the banter mm. and it, it's very very difficult you'll you'll know maybe it's what terrible. it's like yeah. it's just that's the hardest part mm. of being a footballer some great there's some great moments but then that's the other side of it where you, you're not involved and you don't feel part of it mm-hmm. and then eventually uh got to 94 my contract was running out in the summer and i remember robo had said to me he was going to get the Middlesbrough job. He said, "Just hang on till I think it was January." He said, "I'm just just hang on till the summer. I'm going I'm going I'm going to take over as Middlesbrough manager. I'll take you there." And I thought, "Oh, great! That'd be you know, perfect. Yeah, real new start. I'll be, be playing every game under Robbo probably, unless I'm injured." And then a week after, Lou Macari rang me from Celtic and said, "We want to sign you. Um, come up to Celtic and have a chat." And I was I was able to do that because my contract was was going to run out in the summer. Um, so I was able to go and talk to whoever I wanted yeah. to. Mm-hmm. So Lou rang me up on the Sunday night and I thought it was Walshie winding me up. I said, uh, he said, it's Lou McGarry. Said, yeah, stop messing about. It's, uh, stop messing about Walshie. And uh, he said, no, it's Lou. He said, I want you to come up. I booked a flight for you in the morning. Come and have a chat with me at Parkhead. And um, so I went Monday morning, had a chat with Lou. Lou offered me a decent contract. And um, I signed on. I think I signed. I think I signed that afternoon, Monday afternoon. Played against Aberdeen Tuesday, so it all happened so quick, which was probably a good thing, really, because I think I've had 
if I'd have had time to think about it, you must then have. I may have stayed and hang on and wait for Middlesbrough mm. and Robbo. But it happened so quick and it was a good deal. And I thought, right, well, yeah, okay, let's let's just just do it. So what did the um, what was your conversation then with the gaffer about that? It was quite difficult because <laughs> Lou had rang me sun, Sunday tea time. Did did Lou ring you then behind the gaffer's back sort of thing? Um, yeah, I think he, I think yeah. he had done. Yeah, so the gaffer yeah. knew nothing about gaffer it. Gaffer knew nothing about it. So I thought, right, well, I better ring the gaffer just to tell him what I'm doing. Yeah, because we had a reserve game Monday night. Um, so I rang the gaffer. Said, uh, you know, um, Lou's just rang me. Wants me to go and have a talk about going signing for Celtic. I got the biggest load of abuse down the phone for about <laughs> half an hour. He was shouting and screaming down the phone, and. Um, he slammed the phone down on me. Just before he slammed the phone, I said, you've got a reserve game tomorrow. Make sure you're at uh, gig lane, five o'clock. So I thought, right, well, what do I do now? I can't well, really go, I can't go <laughs> against the gaffer. Yeah. Anyway, about half an hour later, the phone rang again. It was, it was Sir Alex and he said, oh, really sorry about that. I, I don't really want <laughs> Half you. an hour yeah. later. <laughs> so I'm stewing there for half an hour. And he said, I'm really sorry. I said, I don't really want you to leave, but you know, if it's what if that's what you want, and he actually said, "I'll come with you if you want me to come with you up to Celtic to have a chat deal. to do the deal and what have you," which was really nice. Um, did it? He didn't in the end, no, no because Bobby uh, Bobby had a couple of contacts with agents, so Bobby Charlton organised um, to send somebody up with me, which was nice right. as well. Yeah. Um, so the guy came up with me, did the deal straight away, no messing, signed the contract, and like I said, I played on Tuesday, Tuesday night against Aberdeen and. At Parkhead, and it was great. It was a really good move. What was it like, Snows? Actually, because you grew up at the club as, you know, a young kid coming through the ranks, and then yeah, you know, two days later you're playing for Celtic. Yeah, like I said though, because it happened so quick, yeah, I didn't no, have a chance yeah. to think about it. And there was the best way to do it because I had been here since I was twelve. I've been yeah. here twelve years as a player, and it would have been really difficult. If I'd have had chance Did you go back to see the lads to say cheerio or was it just a no, case No, I didn't, no. Uh, the, not the, even pick your boots up or out? Uh, no, the first time I came back to here was for um, Chucky's testimonial. Right. Which was in the summer, which was, um, I think it was the end of this season in May. Right. Um, with Celtic, because uh, United were playing Celtic here. Um, so that was the first time I came back to see the lads because I was busy playing. We were two games a week at Celtic. Yeah. I don't think I came back down down to England in that time between uh, January and May. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the football. I enjoyed being at Celtic. Was, we were a good side, actually. Some really good players, you know, like Charlie Nicholas and Paul McStay, mm-hmm. uh, Pat Bonner, John Collins. So we had a really good side there. And it was nice to play in that, that team and be part of it again and be yeah. involved and, you know, be playing week in, week out, which which I really enjoyed. So it was nice from that point of view. And then the start of the next season, I broke my leg yeah. in the in the I think it was the fourth game. Uh, we did, we got a new manager. Tommy Burns came in as manager. Uh, Lou got sacked in the summer, so Tommy Burns came in, and we were playing at Par- uh, we were playing at, at Hamden because Parkhead was being renovated and what have you. So it was four games in, and I just twisted in the box, and I heard something crack in my leg, and I thought, oh, nobody near you. Nobody near me. No, it wasn't a tackle or anything. It was just bizarre. Um, so I tried to get up and I couldn't get up and the physio came on, on I was on the stretcher then off to the hospital and mm. plastered up and that was that was the start of the was down. that bad break then or it was a break yeah, yeah it was it was broke yeah uh, right at the bottom and of what me. was the right explanation the for it just just gave just way just a twist yeah just a twist wow. and just gave way 
Um, so I had probably six or seven months out with that. And then obviously other people come in and do well. And I think uh, Tosh McKinley came in and did really well at left back. Yeah. Uh, we had Tom Boyd, who was at right back, who was, who was, was steady as rock, yeah. never missed games. So then it was going to be difficult for me to get back in. But I worked hard. I mean, I was probably as fit as I've ever been when I was at Celtic. I was, worked really hard with, with training and doing extra bits of stuff to get myself fit. And then we went on pre-season. Uh, the start of the next season, I was in the squad. We went on pre-season to Hamburg. And I played about six or seven games. And um, I remember Tommy Burns saying to me, right, we're doing really well. You're back in my plans. You're going to be playing the start of the season. And the last game, we played a team called St. Pauli in Hamburg. And the ball came over my head. And as I went to run for it, a lad landed, fell on me and landed on my arm uh, after about 20 minutes. And um, so I, I carried on till halftime. I, was, I remember trying to take throw-ins and I couldn't even lift my arm up to take a throw-in. It was that bad. So I got in the dressing room at half-time and our physio came in. No, sorry, the physio was on the pitch dealing with somebody else. Their doctor came in from the German team. I'd look at my arm. He said, oh, no, it's fine. He said, just get some ice on it. It'll be okay. Yeah. So our physio came in. Um, and he, he had a look at it and he said, we look, you, you actually look a bit pale. He said, probably need to go for an x-ray. So I went for an x-ray into the hospital in Germany, came out with a plaster on all the way up my arm, I broke my arm. So the, the actual look of, you yeah. know, couldn't have been any worse. Mm. So I virtually missed all that season then. With a broken arm? I missed about six months with, with a broken arm, yeah. Um, wow. And then obviously the same thing, somebody else comes in and yeah, yeah. they're doing well and you, you, know, you struggle to get back in. And um, my contract was was ending the end of that season so uh, it was quite difficult yeah mm. it, it turned out to be quite a difficult, quite difficult time from mentally. being a good move yeah from being a good move to, to turn out to be a bit of a nightmare especially those injuries that you got that were long term it wasn't just you know yeah yeah it wasn't, a, yeah, it a, wasn't a twisted ankle where or, yeah. you strap it up and off you go again it was it was you know stuff I had to be out for for four five six months or whatever and then get yourself fit again after that and you come across as quite a self-depreciating person you maybe don't you you keep, keep keep saying I didn't think I was good enough to play yeah, for United? Yeah, it was yeah, a bag yeah. of and nerves. Yeah, so yeah. And you that... yeah, you tend to reiterate that in your mind, thinking right, well, I'm not playing. There must be something wrong. Mm. I, I probably not. I probably not good enough. But when you were injured, how did you cope with that then? Um, it was difficult. Yeah, really difficult. Because um, like I said, you, I was in the physio room every morning. The lads would go out training, and mm. you, you know you'd, you'd 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 see them all going out there having a laugh and a joke, and you're you're sat on a machine or you. Mm you've got to go and do your running or you've got to go in the gym to do something, uh, rehabilitation. So it was really difficult for a few months on end. Um, was you up there on your own then? I was up on my own then as well. So that even that, that was even worse. Yeah. yeah. My family didn't really settle. So they moved back to Manchester uh, to be, my two kids were quite young at the time. So they, mm. they wanted to move back and be nearer the family. So I was mm. sort of like driving up and down from yeah. Glasgow to Manchester every weekend. Um, which was difficult in itself, yeah. you know, four or five hour journey mm -hmm. uh, on a Friday and then back on a Sunday. Um, so that was a routine for probably, I don't know, it was probably a year with the two, the two breaks that I had. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it, it was difficult. And then you think, well, you know, where does it go from here? What, mm. what, what do you do now? Are your contracts finishing? You've got no clue. How old was you then? I was 20, I think I was 27 then. And really, that's when you should be in your prime. Yeah. You know, the, Sir Alex your always peak, said yeah. your prime, you're 27, 28, that's your prime yeah. playing years. Yeah. And I wasn't really having that. So mm. it was, that, yeah, it was, it was quite difficult when, when I look back on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and then you went on to have spells at Bristol Rovers and Huddersfield. Did you enjoy those times? Yeah, I loved it at Bristol Rovers. I mean, Ian Holloway was manager and he was brilliant. He was really good, enthusiastic manager. But um, just before I'd left Celtic, I had an operation on my back as well. And I went down to Bristol. I had no, I, 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 my contract had finished. So I, was, I had the summer to try and find a club with just having an operation on my back. And I went down to Bristol and I had a chat with Ian and um, he said, well, what you what you best doing is come and have a week's training with the lads, see how you feel with your back and see what we, you know, see what we think of you as well. So I'd, I went down for a week's training and um, at the end of the week, he called me and he said, right, we want to sign you for three years. And I thought, brilliant. Happy days. Happy days. I said, well, you know, my, my back's been bad. I said, I don't know how it's going to react in playing games and what have you. He actually said that too. He knew, well, he knew. He knew <laughs> I'd have the operation. So... So I said, I said, right, well, I'll sign for two years. And then if, if, if I'm all right after the two years, I'll sign another year. Um, so I did that and I played, played for two years. And I, the football was brilliant. And it mm. wasn't a great standard as, as I was used to with here in Celtic. But um, it was a great group of lads. And like I said, you were playing again. And then the second season, my back was playing up again. And I was sort of like playing games and not training. And then at the, in the end, struggling to play games, really. Um, but um, so I had two years there and then decided to to call it a day. I went I went back to see the the surgeon who'd done my operation on my back at the at the end of my two years at Bristol, um, up in Glasgow, and he said it needs doing again. He said mm. I need to, the, the operation needs doing again. It hasn't taken. What properly. was the operation? It was a discectomy. So they trimmed the they actually trimmed the disc to stop it touching the nerve. Right. Is that similar to what um, Russell had? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, but there was a two bottom discs and they said they both need doing again. They both need trimming. And I thought, well, I'm 30 now, mm. you know, for the sake of a couple more years playing, you mm -hmm. know, at a decent level, it wasn't top level. And I just decided to call it a day then. I thought, right, well, I, I don't want to go through that again, the operation. Yeah. Um, and you've got to, you know, then you start thinking about your, you know, your, your life outside football yeah. and, you know, you're a long time out of football, yeah. so... That was a decision I made and at 30 I decided to retire. Mm -hmm. Was that an emotional decision for you? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to carry on. I was desperate to carry on playing, but just because they said the operation needs doing or you won't be able, you really won't be able to play again. Um, I just didn't want to go through the operation again because the physio had been to watch it from Celtic and he said to me, um, if you'd actually... If you actually sat and watched it being done and see what they do to you, they, open your, mm -hmm. they used to open your back right up then. Oh, he said you just wouldn't have it done and that sort of like stayed yeah. in my mind mm -hmm. as well but nowadays they do it all with keel and it's yeah. all done you know with the little keel scissors and what have you but um i decided yeah i'm i'm just I'm gonna call it a day so it was it was a big shock for me and then you think well you know what am i gonna do now mm -hmm. and what did you do for that for um, those first few months i sort of like moped about for a few months think you know just trying to think what i'm gonna do and you know luckily um, MUTV was just starting it was mm -hmm. 99 MUTV was starting and they said come and do a couple of shows yeah so I came in twice a week to do a kiddie a kids show it's called Reds at Five people probably don't remember that mm -hmm. um, but it was really good and it, it was great for me as well to still be involved at the club yeah and to you know be doing some work focus. with the club yeah, yeah. so it, that, that was perfect timing for me um, and then you know I did that ever since and got involved doing the corporate stuff on match days mm -hmm. and some TV and um, doing some tours and stuff like that. So it's been really good since since I finished. It's been great, yeah. Mm -hmm. But you actually went back into football, though, didn't you? 
a banger. And I did, yeah. I got to about 37 and I thought to myself, right, well, I'm really missing playing. I want to... <laughs> just took you seven <laughs> years seven to realise. <laughs> yeah, I, I was desperate to go back. and I was probably desperate to go back all the time, but <laughs> the opportunity came about because we were on tour in Norway. Um, you might have been there actually, Maisie. Peter Davenport was with us right. and he was manager at Bangor. That's right, yeah. And we played in the game and Dav came up to me and said, why, why don't you do really well there? Why don't you come and play for me at Bangor? And I thought, oh yeah, that, sound, that sounds, you know, yeah. quite interesting. Yeah. So he said, come down and train with the lads on a Thursday night, whatever it was. So I went and trained and he said, yeah, he said, you play Saturday. So anyway, so I played on Saturday, scored on my debut for Bangor, oh. which was nice, yeah, from centre-half. Um, so that had been like 25 years since I'd scored, yeah. so that was quite nice. <laughs> and then uh, I played for about six months, but because I was working here at United yeah. doing all the match day stuff, I couldn't really commit to every, mm. every week. And it wasn't fair on the lads that were playing for me to just turn yeah, up and yeah. say, right, well, Lee's playing this week. So um, so I finished there and then Kevin Druid's uh, obviously the same Welsh Premier League. I'm glad you said that because I don't know. What, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know they, um, Kevin Druid's, yeah. They, uh, they rang me up and said, oh, we know, we know you're at Bangor. We know you're, you're not playing. Do you want to come and play for us? He said, just come down and play whenever you want. He said, if you've got your work at United, you go and do that. If you're not if you're not doing anything on a Saturday, come and play for us in the Welsh Premier League. And I did that for about a year and loved it um, till about 30, yeah mid 38, 39 nearly. Um, and my back was fine because I was only you know doing, doing once every yeah. once every fortnight yeah. or what have you. And it was brilliant. Loved I loved all that the, the banter again in the dressing yeah. room and it was great. And so so that took me to is really, that what you, is that what you miss most? Yeah, what, what do you yeah. miss most? I, I miss all that. Yeah, I miss the playing because I love playing. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, and the, all the lads, also, you, you know what it's yeah. like. You're the same because you give it all out. So I miss, I miss all that banter from you most of the time. <laughs> I wish you'd have been in my dressing room when I was when I was here. Oh, you'd have been fine, Snows. You'd have been. I'd have been he was all, quiet an hour, the first an hour, an hour I know he was, yeah, apparently. I believe he was. Yeah, yeah. I've heard all the stories. <laughs> Never opened his mouth for six months. No, I didn't. No, no. Um, but yeah, I do miss all that. And, and the fact that we still go and play games around the world yeah, you now. you still have that yeah. camaraderie. And we all look forward to those games because yeah. we know we're going to go and have a good laugh with the lads and we can have a few beers now. And it's just something for us to look forward to. And, you know, hopefully they come back sooner than sooner than later. Ultimately, are you really proud of the career that you've had? Yeah, I mean, it could have been a lot better than it was, but it could have been a lot worse. And, you know, if somebody had said to me at 12, you're going to play for United's first team and mm -hmm. score an FA Cup final, then score the winner in FA Cup you'd have taken that, you know, by a mile. So, yeah, I'm really proud of of uh, being here and playing here and still being part of all this this yeah. family. Um, but, uh, yeah, 12 years at United was, was all right, really, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That's a perfect place to... Good end, that's a good end. Only one more question okay. to ask you. Um, a recommendation, somebody that you might think would be good for us to talk to on our podcast, somebody that you've played with, or it can be somebody that you just know from the later years doing, you know, the boxes or the masters. Yeah, um, well, I've come across Ron Atkinson a few times when doing MUTV, and I think yeah. he'd be a good, I think he'd be a good character to yeah. to interview. I think he's got some great Big story. Ron give you good baby. stories. Um, no, it was Sir no, Alex. Sir Alex, okay. I think I was fairly close with Big Ron, right? Um, but then he got sacked, and so yeah. it came. But he, but Ron was great as well with me because got me into the first team setup and training with the first team every day. So mm -hmm. I think he'd be a good, mm. he'd be a good character to interview. Big Ron, yeah, good, good shout. Cheers, Nas. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was great. Fantastic. <laughs> In Lee Martin's words, it was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> 
in his own words, it was all right. Yeah. More than all right. That's fantastic. Really is. Buzzing for him. Yeah. As I said, he's a great lad. He probably, he does himself a little bit he unjust, really I think. He does, doesn't he? He plays everything down he a does. little bit too much, I think, you know, to play. That's why I asked him at the end, you know, was he proud? Because he's so self-depreciating the whole time. Yeah. I was never good enough. I was so nervous. Spend 45 minutes in the toilet before every game. Every game. Yeah, that's his ritual. Yeah. But no, a great career. Mm -hmm. Great career. And another one, you know, cut short by a back injury. Like um, like Russell Beardsmore. Mm -hmm. But to play for Manchester United and also to play for Celtic as well. Mm -hmm. You know, biggest club in England, biggest club in in, in Scotland. Oh, Rangers um, fans won't be happy about that. Well. Football's about opinions. Football's about opinions, Helen. As Paddy would say. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but no, it's um, listen. He's, he's had a great career. Mm-hmm. He has, and um, nice you know. that he's still been involved with the club for all these years as well. Yeah, I think I, I think the club do ever so well. Yeah. Looking after the um, the older players, those that have mm-hmm. retired, and uh, still come back. Still does his his bits from your TV and the lounges and stuff like that. So yeah, great to be part. He still goes on those trips with club. you. Yes, mm-hmm. really enjoyed that one. Yeah, very good. Great guy. Emails then, Maisie yep. Jonathan Hall. Jonathan Hall says, just a quick email to let you know that you've been great company over the last six months or so. I'm not usually one for podcasts, but I love listening to anything about behind the scenes at United. Coming from Salford in the 90s, I used to go to the Cliff and Littleton Road to get autographs loads of times. I never got Maisie's autograph, though. (gasps) I do remember once holding the rope up for him, where spectators were cordoned off, to duck under to get to the changing rooms sharpish after training. Him and Andy Cole always seemed to the heart to be the hardest ones to get autographs from. Oh. Maisie. I've got it. Jonathan. Jonathan will sort that, something out. We need to sort that out. Email something and I'll send a pick over. Yeah. I started listening while I was on furlough and now I have a new job where I work from home. I find listening to the podcast helps the working day pass even better. The first one I chose to listen to was the Albert Morgan one. The story about the haunted hotel had me in stitches. I loved the tour of the cliff with Brian Robson and I was really moved by Lou McCary's episode. I forget about that. What, the cliff? The haunted, the haunted oh, yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like so long ago, that's why. Thank you so much indeed for your email. Ram Farrell says, my name is Ram and I just want to let you guys know that it's been a pleasure listening to the podcast from the beginning. Since I'm in the US, getting to see the team in person is just a pipe dream, but listening to the pod makes me feel more connected. I would love to see if you could get Chicharito on the pod. He was the reason I became a Man United fan in the first place. Cheers. Great suggestion. Yeah. Another one that we will work on. Ram for real. Thank you so much indeed again for all of your emails. Thank you for listening all the way to the end because this is when Maisie and I get a little bit silly. Yeah. And Simon when he's here, when he turns up. When he turns up, yeah. If you do want to get in touch, email us in the usual way. Do you know the email address by now, Maisie? Um, it's at the top of the notes. United Podcast at manunited.co.uk. Also, a reminder you can watch the box set off us. Oh, yes. Yeah. Need a new box set to start? Yeah. Hey, get them for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it's not available for Christmas. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's it. See you soon, Maisie. Have a good week. Stay safe. Stay safe. Bye bye. That's a wrap. <laughs>